We're going to flip the lights on, and uh, if you could turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 102. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop around a little bit or a lot tonight. So um, if you grew up in a Baptist church that had Bible drill, uh, you're gonna love tonight. Um, if you didn't grow up in a Baptist church, you probably don't know what that is, and it's okay. You, you don't need to know. It's fine. Um, yeah. So Bible drill. Uh, that'll be kind of what we do tonight. We're gonna hop around. Uh, we're in the third week of a series on uh, attributes of God. Um, the fact that God is knowable to us, um, that He has chosen to reveal certain things about Himself and His plans and how He works. And um, these are some foundational ideas about Him um, that we're exploring because a lot of times our, our thinking about God can kind of get kind of get twisted up a little bit sometimes, and um, we end up, in an attempt to understand him, we end up kind of giving him human qualities, and uh, that, that, it doesn't really work that way, you know. There are qualities that we have that help us understand God, but it's because we were made in his image, and he's not made in our image, and so we need to always work from him to us and not from us to him and that kind of stuff. So we're just kind of going slowly, covering some of these big ideas about him, and uh, we began with holiness, that God had, describes himself as being holy, um, that he is set apart from everything uh, and everyone. Uh, so there, in one, you can think of categories. There's things that are created, and then there's God who created them. Uh, he's separate from creation. Sin has not affected him the way that it has affected everything that has been created. Uh, he has remained pure and uh, perfect and holy and so he is set apart. There's no one, no thing like him. He's in a completely other category in every possible way. Um, and so that's kind of a foundational thing. So everything about him is infused with holiness. Uh, last week we talked about God being independent and how coming out of his holiness, he doesn't, he doesn't lack anything. You know, when you're perfect, you're not lacking at all. You know, and so um, he doesn't need he, you know, he didn't need to create us. He didn't need to create the mountains and the trees and those kinds of things. He just he wanted to, um, and so he's he's independent. He's not needy, um, but he creates you and creates me and creates all these things to bring him pleasure and glory and all that kind of stuff. And so tonight we're gonna we're gonna get into one that's. Um, I feel like those are like, yeah, those are, yeah, okay, that's, that's great. This one is a little bit more difficult to chew on, I think, because, um, well, you'll see. Uh, we're going to talk about like, the fact that God is unchangeable. He is unchangeable. Um, and kind of what that means and what that looks like and kind of how that impacts us. And so um, if you're a note taker, let me just kind of let you know how to make your page look. Uh, there's like this one main point, and then there's like three points that kind of come out of that, you know. So uh, however you want to design that or create your bullet points or do your, you know, numeric outline, whatever. Uh, that's, how, that's how it's going to work. So it's not four points. It's one point with three, like, offshoots, you know, kind of coming out of that. All right? So here's, here's the, the main point. Uh, 
that God is unchangeable in his being, and who he is, is will never, ever, ever change. Like his identity, him being holy, will never, it'll never change at all. Um, at all, ever, ever. So that's kind of the first point, all right? In his being, who he is, never changed. Look at Psalm 102. Um, look at 25. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. So let's look at that a little more slowly. Verse 25. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work, uh, are the work of your hands. So obviously talking about creation. God has created all these things. Um, he's created people. He's created uh, you know, animals, trees, mountains, the sun, the universe. All these things he has created. Uh, they're the works of his hands. Verse 26. They will perish, but you will remain. All right? So all of this that has been created will eventually perish. It will fade away. It will cease to be what it is. So all of us will grow old and pass away. A tree will grow until it is either cut down or a hurricane knocks it over. Or it gets so big that it just like splits apart and starts to rot or whatever. But there's, there aren't trees that have been here from the beginning of trees. You know? um, eventually, all those trees, they, they perish. They, they pass away. All the animals pass away. All the, the stuff that's out there, it eventually all goes away. Um, so verse 26, they will perish. The, all, the, all that was created will perish, but you will remain they will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe. They will pass away. Verse 27, but you are the same. Your years have no end. So that's one passage that indicates, hey, there's, there's a little more going on here. You know, that God just doesn't, he doesn't change. He doesn't, he's not like the created there's no perishing, there's no changing, there's no morphing. Uh, he is exactly who he is, and he will always be holy. So the significance of that uh, kind of plays into life in, in a couple different ways. One, like we see the, the distinction in the text between the creator and creation. And that's something we've come back to each week, is making sure that there's a distinction there. and We see a, he's not like us. We are made in his image. There are things about us that are, that are patterned after him. But he is completely different and separate from creation. And unlike creation, he doesn't need to morph and improve on himself. So you and I, uh, as, as people, we're hopefully getting like better. You know? So for a Christian, we are being transformed into the image of Christ. That's... That's what Paul helps us understand, that that's this, it's this daily refinement that is happening, that as we walk with Christ and we 
we get into like the, the two animals and the yoke together. You know, we get in the yoke with him, and he's teaching us, and we're learning from him, and hopefully, um, day to day, you know, it's kind of hard to measure that sometimes, but if, you know, maybe month to month, year to year, maybe 10 years to 10 years, you know, those kind of things, we're seeing this, this radical change. Um, God doesn't have to go through that, though. Like, he's never like, uh, you know, like, so God, what are you working on these days on yourself? It's like, well, you know, I've been kind of impatient lately, so I'm kind of, no, not how it works. He's like, well, I'm pretty much perfect, so, uh, yeah, there you go. He doesn't have, he's not working on anything, he's not trying anything, he's not morphing, he's not improving. He can't get any better than he is. Now, to a person... That, sound, that sounds terrible, you know, where you're just like, hey, you're just never going to get any better than you are right now in your life. You're like, no. Yeah. But for him, that's just a fact. Like, he's like, you can't improve upon me. So we're trying to get better. He never has to, like, even try that. As people, though, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes people get worse, you know. So we're trying to be more Christ-like, but sometimes there is like, kind of a... A devolving that happens, you know, like you've, um, and you probably know people where like maybe you haven't seen them in several years and you run into them and they're just a train wreck, you know, that, that sometimes there is an, an ever increasing Christ-likeness that's there and then other times it kind of goes the other way. So God being unchangeable is awesome in, in one sense, like he's as, he is absolutely perfect and cannot improve upon himself, like he's that perfect. But also, he's unchangeable in that he will never be less than that. So he, he can't get any better, and he can't get any worse. He's exactly who he is, and he will always be exactly who he is. It's kind of hard for us to understand, but, but that's the, the challenge of some of these ideas, is to really be like, man, he, he's always been who he is, and he will always be who he is, and he can't change at all. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, you don't have to turn to it, but uh, he's described, uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. But he's the same. So we are placing our faith in a holy, unchangeable God. It's so different than any other relationship that we have, you know. People get married, you, you enter into a marriage covenant, and there's a ton of trust there, but you, I mean, you know each other's flaws, you know. You know the morphing that, that needs to happen together, and you're in that together with one another to spur one another on and all that kind of stuff. There isn't a relationship in our lives where someone is like, can't get any better, can't get any worse. They're perfect, perfect, perfect. And so while we entrust ourselves to one another in community and in marriage and in all these different things, this relationship is different because we're not, there isn't any part of us that's kind of crossing our fingers behind our back and being like, man, I really hope this works out, you know. That's why scripture describes him as being a rock. It's like you can build your house on a rock. And so, God being unchangeable is a very, very crucial attribute that really impacts every day, kind of like God being independent and God being holy. All these things impact us on a, on a daily basis. 
And so what we're going to do is those, the three kind of offshoots are going to come out of this idea that who, in his being, in his holiness, he will never change, and he cannot change. That's the, he can't. He's God. He's, the Holy One doesn't need to change. So, so how does that work itself out? Three things. Um, attributes, purposes, and promises. Coming out of this idea that his holy nature will never change. It means that his attributes will never change. So the, here's, here's what I mean by that. Um, you have the Holy One who acts in certain ways, like in his character. Um, and his character will always be consistent with who he is. Um, this is called righteousness. And that's kind of one of those, sometimes one of those church words that we kind of throw around and assume everybody knows what they mean. But righteousness is, is action that is consistent with the holiness of who God is. So God is holy, and he will always act in holy ways. Uh, John Piper, he, he helps explain it. He says, you know, the Son, like if, if the Son is holiness, then the fact that the Son will always act like the Son is its righteousness. Like that, the sun is going to be a giant ball of whatever it is, right? And it's going to be in the middle of the universe, and it's going to hold everything together, and we're going to be here on earth, and that sucker is coming up every single day. Because it's the sun, and that's what the sun does. So God being holy, he is holy, and so uh, in his actions, they're always going to be holy. So he's always going to be loving and joyful and patient and gracious, and good, and faithful, and um, all these things are going to be a part of it. Um, you don't need to turn to it, but we're going to throw James one seventeen up on the screen. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So this verse is talking about God giving good gifts. So in His goodness, that will never it will never shift. It will never vary. It will always be that way. He will always be good. That comes out of his holiness and how the fact that it never changes. So he is holy, so he's always going to act holy. So when it comes to being good, he's always going to be good. When it comes to being loving, he's going to always be loving. When it comes to his faithfulness, he's going to always be faithful. So the outworkings of that to us in his attributes, in his character, and if we're asking the question, what's God like? He's always going to act in ways that are consistent with who he is. That's how it works itself out. Sometimes we, we, we struggle with that, but I, I think for the most part, you know, it kind of makes sense that he's forever acting in a way that's like true to himself. So he's unchangeable. Some of you maybe grew up in a home where, where your parents, or like one of your parents, maybe both of them, or maybe you were raised by someone else, uh, some sort of authority figure, uh, you kind of never knew what was going to happen when you got home, you know? So maybe, maybe there was a you know, bad day at work or something like that, and so maybe there were good days and bad days in your house, or... Maybe you had one of those teachers that was just kind of a wild card. You know, you just never knew when you walked in the room it was going to be, you know, Jekyll or Hyde, you know, kind of one of those teachers. Or 
maybe a coach, you know, who one day was joking around in practice, and the next day he's like running you till you throw up, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, We've all had these authority figures that you just kind of never knew what you were going to get. God's not like that. You don't have to wonder, I wonder what God's going to be like today. I wonder if God's going to have a good day or a bad day. I wonder if he's going to be faithful today or if he's going to kind of, hmm, whatever. I wonder if God's joyful today. I wonder if God is good today. It's like, no, there's no, there's no shadow or variance due to change with God. Just like the sun will always act like the sun, God will always act like God. And the things that he's revealed to us in the scriptures are things that we count on. And so while human attributes may change day to day, week to week, sometimes hour to hour, God's always, he's unchangeable in that. He's not going to uh, be any different. He's not going to get better. He's not going to get worse. He's holy. So everything about him and that idea of like, what's he like? What's he like? And all the ways that we know that he's described himself, those are all consistent. He was the same way in the Garden of Eden. It was the same way with David. It was the same way when Jesus was walking the earth. He was the same way with Paul. He's the same way today. He will be the same way until he comes back. He will be the same way for eternity on the new earth. He is unchangeable. Now, if you and I were unchangeable, that would be a bad deal. But for him, it's why we build our lives on him and why we trust him. Because he doesn't change. So that's the first one. He's unchangeable in his attributes and his, his character and what he's like. This next one, though, this is where we get into a little more, this one's a little bit tougher. Out of, coming out of the fact that in his being, in his holiness, he'll never change. The um, second outworking of that are his purposes. Turn with me to Isaiah 46. The purposes of God are unchangeable. That doesn't sound too great sometimes. Um, look at verse 8. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Once God is deter- has determined what he's going to do, he does it. So if the, if, if the overarching point is, um, you know, who is God you know, in his being? The first outworking is like, what is he like in his attributes? The second one is kind of like, okay, what is he doing? What's his goal? What are his purposes? What's he up to? What's his agenda? In his agenda, there is no changing his mind. He's unchangeable with that. Once he's determined to do something, he's going to do it. Now these are, these are like big picture things for the most part. 
You know, this is this is not God being stubborn. It's not God being prideful. This is not God refusing to hear anyone else. He's not putting his fingers in his ears saying, no, 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 no. He said, no, I, this is what I'm going to do. So the, the big picture stuff, like I'm going to send a Messiah to fix, make everything new. And I'm going to prepare a place for my children. And I'm going to be with them forever. And... I'm going to make everything new on this new earth. And I'm going to tend to them, and I'm going to love them, and like those kinds of things. Like these big ideas. But God says, like we just, we just looked at the verse, the end of verse 11, I have spoken, I will bring it to pass, I have purposed, I will do it. That he is completely focused on what he is doing. And he is unchangeable in that. Sometimes we hear that and we're like, oh, that's, that's not a good thing, you know. But that's because if we're projecting human nature onto God, that's a negative thing. For someone who's like completely unchangeable, to us they're like, oh, they're digging their heels in and they're just whatever. So sometimes, you know, at first, at first listen, you're like, oh, that's not cool that he's unchangeable. But think about how cool it is that he's unchangeable, you know? That he's, he's not going to, like, be like, oh, you know what, now that I think about it, this is a bad plan. Let's change the plan. That the Father, Son, and Spirit are going like, to conspire and be like, yeah, we kind of messed this one up, so uh, let's just have a do-over and, you know, whatever. That's not how God works. He's unchangeable in his purposes. That once he has said, this is what I'm going to do, he holds to it. He doesn't flip-flop back and forth. and We don't have to worry about that. Sometimes this is kind of confusing because we look around. You know, you look around the world and you're like, what's, what's going on? You know, you kind of, sometimes there's some struggles and some, you kind of just wonder, where, where is he? You know, and preached about it, you know, several weeks ago, just how sometimes, like, people don't meet our expectations, but sometimes, like, God himself just doesn't meet our expectations, you know? It's like he tells us no more than he tells us yes. It's like he's not showing up in the places that we think he should, in the, in the ways that we think he should, at the time that we think he should. Uh, you know, we're watching the news, we're living daily life, and we're seeing all this brokenness, and all this hurt, and all this injustice, and you're kind of like, what is going on? If you're unchangeable and you've said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to redeem this, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to heal, I'm going to save, I'm going to this, 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 you know. Where are you, you know? And so this, this idea that he's unchangeable in his purposes, in, like, in what he's doing, uh, Sometimes is, it's, it's difficult because what we read in the Bible, passages like this, where he's like, no, I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. You see that, we experience different things in life, and it looks like, okay, both of these things can't be true at the same time. If you look in verse 10, Not that this is like the answer, 
But maybe this is a little bit helpful. Just that one line there, declaring the end from the beginning. Let's think about what that means. Declaring the end from the beginning. Most of us live life in a linear sense. Moment by moment by moment. We're going to get into this a little more next week. God doesn't function, like in his natural being, he's not linear. He's not like tick, 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 tick. He can declare the end from the beginning, like the verse says. So, he knows how things are going to go. He's declared the end from the beginning. He's already decided how, it's, how things are going to go and how he's going to do it and what he's going to do. And he is unchangeable. So he's not going to just suddenly look into your life and say, you know what, I think I'm going to bail on you. I've just decided that I'm going to go do something else. Whether that's to you as an individual or us as his children, as his church. He's not just going to change his priorities. He's not going to become something else. He's not going to change. He's declared the end from the beginning. So he knows how things are going to play out. So in our lives, here we are. We're living moment by moment. We don't know what's coming next. He says, I know what's coming next. It's going to be fine. I'm going to win. Don't forget that. I'm, I win. And because I win, you win. So how about you just trust me? Because I'm the one that has declared the end from the beginning, not you. Maybe you just trust me that the tough stuff, the, the unexplainable things, the stuff that looks like a contradiction, the, the difference between your everyday experience and what the Bible says sometimes and how those are held in tension is, hey, it's okay because I'm unchangeable. I've made my mind up and I'm, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. Sometimes that's what we have to work with, you know. Sometimes that is, that's it, so to speak. But that sounds so trivial, you know. It's like, it's like when someone says, uh, hey, is there anything I can do to help you, you know, like besides pray? As if prayer is like some little flippant, you know, thing. It's like, oh, yeah, besides that. It's like, no, there's nothing better we can do than prayer. I mean, that's the, that's the most powerful way that we can care for one another. So this, when I say this is sometimes it's all you have to hang on to, we're talking about like hanging on to this giant rock of truth. And that should be enough for us sometimes. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to this verse in, in my mind and working through my own stuff and my own like frustrations with how life plays out or how... Um, like my life, life in general, all those kinds of things, or just in talking with people and just kind of sitting across the table from folks who are just like frustrated and hurt and don't know where the Lord is and stuff like that. This has been a verse I've gone to a lot in in all those contexts. Um, You don't need to turn to it, but it says this, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, 
But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That verse is helpful to me. Here's what he's saying. Um, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. God has kept things from us. In his unchangeable nature, he says, I have a plan, and I'm going to do these things. Um, I've declared the end from the beginning. There are things about how all this plays out that he has not told us. He's not revealed to us in the Bible that he um, has, has kept us from being able to understand fully in our minds. Um, he's left some blind spots. Let's and that's on purpose. And so here's this verse. It's like, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Like, they're His secrets to keep to Himself. A secret kind of has a weird connotation in our you know, day. But just, but maybe don't think of like secrets like in a sinful way. But there's just, no, there's things that are hidden from us. Things that, that He doesn't want us to know, that we don't need to know, that if we knew them, we'd probably like just explode. You know, those kinds of things. Like, it's not good for you to know everything. It's like parents with their kids, you know. There are things that you don't tell your kids. It's not because you're trying to hurt them or whatever. You're trying to, like, protect them and help them and serve them well. And so you just don't tell them everything about everything. Well, God's a holy, perfect parent. And so there are things that he's kept to himself. So sometimes we have to just move things to that column, you know. You're trying to understand what's happening. You're trying to process certain things. You're trying to deal with hurt from the past or the present. or just It could be a number of things. And you're like, what is going on here? And you're asking God and you're asking God and you're asking God. And he's not really, he's not giving you like all your answers. And maybe you, sometimes we just have to move things to the column of secret things that just belong to him. The answers to some of our questions, the mysteries of the universe, the what's going to happen next, all those kind of things, sometimes they just need to be in that column. And we just have to rest in that. And the, the fact that God is unchangeable helps, it has to help us to acknowledge He's declared the end from the beginning. We, we might not have a clue. He has a, more than a clue. And so maybe for us sometimes that blind spot is the best thing he can do for us. Kind of like with a parent. So the secret things belong to our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So there are secrets, there are things he's kept hidden to himself, but there are things that he's revealed to us. He's not a 100% mystery. He's not holding all the cards. He's not withholding things from us. He's, he's not trying to trick us. There are things that he has revealed. So just like as a parent, there are things that you don't tell your kids, but there are things that you do tell them. So there are hidden things. There are revealed things. And so we live in like holding those two things in tension. He's, he's told us some stuff. He hadn't told us everything. But what do we do with the things he has told us? Well, first of all, they belong to us. Like there's an an ownership that happens with the things that God has revealed to us. About himself, about how he works, 
we, we, we own it. We embrace it. You say, I don't have a clue what's going on. I don't know why this has happened. This is terrible. And I'm struggling with this. I'm hurting about this. This is so confusing. My God has kept some things from me, but he has given me some things, and I'm owning them. They belong to me. He's let me in on the mystery a little bit. And the more, the more you own that, the more I own that, it builds confidence in who your God is. So parent to child, your kids asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. You're, if you're constantly being like, no, 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 no. There's no, not a relationship there. If you tell your kid too much, it's bad for them. So you as a parent, you discern how much, how much do, do my kids need to know in these different situations. And so you share some things with them. You answer their questions as best you can. You, you set the boundaries. You say, well, you don't, you, uh, you don't need to know the answers to all those questions. But let, let me tell you this, you know, whatever. And uh, kid's like, all right. Dad loves me. Dad's protecting me. He's not keeping everything from me. He's trusting me with some of the answers to my questions. So he trusts me, and I, I mean, I trust him because I'm asking him. And the, the father and the son, let's say, have bonded in that moment. You stack that on top of another moment like that, and another moment like that, and another moment like that. And what forms is this bond, this connection, this trust. It's the same way with our God. You go to Him, say, hey, what's up with this? You're not really sensing anything. Like, well, I'd, okay, I trust, I trust you. Maybe He says, hey, what, what has been revealed in the Scriptures already? So you go to the Scriptures, and you're like, oh, yeah. You declared the end from the beginning. You declared the end from the beginning. So that certainly goes into the column of things that are revealed. So then you begin to own that, and you say, I, I belong to the one who declared the end from the beginning. I belong to the one who knows exactly what's going to happen next, the one who's shepherding me and guiding me, the one who has protected me from knowing certain things but has revealed to me other things. I belong to the Holy One who is unchangeable, is completely consistent with himself. He has a plan. He's going to do it. It's going to be perfect. And even if I don't understand it right now, I trust him. I'm going to own the things that he's revealed. Because they belong to us and they belong to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. See, God being unchangeable is really, really important. If God was, was uh, kind of a flip-flop kind of God, you never really knew what you were going to get and all those kind of things, then you wouldn't trust that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't read verses like this and be comforted. It's like, what do you mean the secret things? Why are you keeping secrets? What do you know that we don't know? Why are you trying to trick us? And that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with the fruit, the original lies, you know. God's holding out on you. God's not who he says he is. 
You have nothing to worry about. There will be no consequences for this. Like All these things are wrapped up in that stuff. But the fact that God is unchangeable helps us rest. Helps us relax. When it says there are secret things that our holy, perfect God has kept to himself. Okay, cool. So, he's holy, working out of that, his attributes, his character, what he's like. He will always be consistent with that holiness. Second thing in his purposes, once he's declared something, he holds to it. The third thing are his promises. And obviously those are related, but the purposes, that's kind of like, what is he doing? The promises, that's, uh, that's like, how do we know it? You know, how is he dealing with us? So as he's carrying out this purpose, as he's declared the end from the beginning, as all these things are unfolding, how do we cope? How do we deal with the secret things, the hidden things, all that kind of stuff? Well, the things revealed to us for our children to own and for us to walk in forever, there are promises that he has made. Uh, Turn to Numbers chapter 23. It's the last thing. Numbers 23, verse 19. God has made us these promises. So His unchangeable character, His unchangeable holiness, His unchangeable purposes and plans. And as history is unfolding, and as all this stuff is being worked out, there, there's you and me, and we're just trying to get through today. We're trying to get through this week. We're trying to deal with stuff. You know, we're trying to make decisions, we're trying to be good stewards, we're trying to grow in godliness and holiness, and we're, we're just, it's the grind, you know. He's got some hidden things. What are the revealed things? What are the things that, that we go to over and over and over and over again? The promises of God. You probably need to develop a list, you know. Probably need to get into the scriptures and find some of these things where God has made a commitment to his bride. And just start a list. Keep it on your phone. Keep it um, in your wallet if you still carry a wallet. You know, whatever. Whatever it is that you do, however you keep up with stuff, maybe you just start one. And every time you come across something in your personal readings and community group on Sunday, you're like, oh, that's. God promises that. Cool. Let me add that to the list. Let me add that to the list. Because he is unchangeable in his promises to us. In Numbers, verse 19, very simple verse. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Again, if we are projecting human qualities onto God, we're missing the boat. We're just, just ridiculous. All of us have had someone promise us something, and then they have broken that promise. It's happened probably over and over and over again in all of our lives. People make a commitment, and then they go back on that. And so what that does is it makes us very hesitant to trust anyone. So I would say that one of the... Like, if, if someone were to ask me, so what are Americans like? I would say, well, nobody really trusts anybody. 
And what's interesting is in traveling to different parts of the world, in India, they don't trust each other. In South Africa, they don't trust each other. In Israel, they don't trust each other. Um, in China, they don't trust each other. The places that I've been able to go, it's a very common thing, and it's because human to human, we've all had people break their promises to us. So it's easy to just assume that God's kind of the same way. But he is changeable or unchangeable? Unchangeable. So when he, is, when he has made a promise, he is unchangeable in that he cannot go back on that promise. He would have to stop being God in order to do that. And he can't even do that. That's how unchangeable he is. So when God has made a promise, as it says here in this verse, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, he will not fulfill it? That if he's going to go to the trouble to put it into the scriptures in front of us, and we're going to start making this a list, and we're going to, we're going to like, hang on to these things in those times, he's going to fulfill it. He doesn't change. So if your dad made promises to you and he broke them, God is not your dad. If your mom made promises to you and he broke them, God is not your mom. If your spouse made promises to you and they broke them, God is not your spouse. I could keep going. I think you see the pattern. God is not like all the people that have hurt us in our lives. He's unchangeable. So, as we are trying to figure out Well, what's he revealed to us that belonged to us and our children forever, that we could walk in his law? These are the things that he has revealed to us. These are promises that he has made. So, he's making all things new, yes. How's he doing that? Through Jesus, who made a promise that he will never leave or forsake you. So even when your circumstances look like he has left you and forsaken you, it's not true because he made you a promise and he's unchangeable, so he always keeps his promises. That's how that, that's how that train of thought works in your brain. Like, okay, so my circumstances and the reality of God's promise are, like, different. Which one am I going to go with? And that's where a lot of us mess up is we're like, oh, I'm going with circumstances. I'm going with what I'm feeling. I'm going with, you know, Whatever. Learning to walk with Christ is learning to walk in these unchangeable promises. That he has gone to prepare a place for you, that everything is going to be fine, that he will win. All those things about his purposes that he is unchangeable in, he's made promises that are consistent with those purposes in his commitment to you as his bride. And every couple that gets married, you can break those vows. God will not ever break his vows to us. He is unchangeable. So out of his holiness, we see this this unchangeable nature, and it shows up in the fact that he's consistent in his care for us. He's consistent in driving toward these promises that he's declared from the beginning, and he has promised us in, in the ins and outs of every single day that he is consistently with us. He is for us. He's going to win Don't buy into the emotion. Don't buy into the circumstances. Don't buy into uh, the lie that God's holding out on you, that he's trying to trick you, that he's, you know, whatever. Those are, that's not what's going on here. That's why God being unchangeable is so important. 
that in his perfection, and the fact that he doesn't need you, but he wants you, that he is the perfect husband to a rather imperfect bride. But just because of our imperfections and our shortcomings and our struggles, he's not bailing on us. He's like, no, I, I made a commitment to you. I will see it through. Every person on the planet can break their commitments. God cannot break his commitment. So what does that have to do with you? I don't know. I don't. But this is not just a big idea that belongs on the shelf. This fits into your prayer life. This fits into your processing. I think, that, I think for me, that's really where this one comes in. As when I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm watching... You know, the news and all these terrible things are going on. I'm like, where are you? It's like, oh, but you're unchangeable. And even though that seems to contradict, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to believe you are who you say you are. And you do what you've said you're going to do. And even if I don't get it, I don't have to. This is who he's making us into. This is what he's trying to shape us, help us understand. So when we sing songs about a faithful God, that's why he's faithful, because he's unchanging. So if you're a Christian, you've built your house on a rock, and it will survive anything. And that's just who our God is. So I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing a little bit. We're going to roll out. Let me pray. Let's, why don't you stand up? Let me just guide, you can close your eyes or whatever. Let me just guide your thoughts in just, just one thing. Of, of those three kind of points coming out of his holiness, what do you think you need to meditate on from just for the next few days maybe? Is it about his consistency and his character? How he is unchanging in his attributes and he is always filled with holy goodness and holy joy and that he will always be consistent with his holiness. Is it that one? Is it consistent in his purposes? You know, the idea of declaring the end from the beginning and the struggle that comes sometimes with just seeing a lack of evidence of that. Or is it the third one? Is it, is it about promises that he's made to you and Maybe some of your own trust issues that come from earthly relationships make it difficult for you to trust the Lord. Maybe just let Him lead you toward one of those that stands out. And maybe just ask for His help. God, I'm so grateful that, um, that I haven't given my life to, uh, to a God who may vary or change. The kind of God who you never know who you're going to get. You know? I'm thankful that you describe yourself as a rock. So grateful, God, that uh, I don't have to wonder 
I can walk uh, through a very uh, crazy world with my own insecurities and issues, being led by a perfect shepherd who doesn't ever change. I just ask for your help, um, believing that you uh, that you've led our congregation into a series like this, and that we're singing the songs that we're singing, and that we're looking at these scriptures, and uh, we know that it's purposed. Will you help us uh, to continue to try and understand more and more how these uh, these big ideas about your attributes, how they impact our lives? Help us to deal with our with our trust issues and our uh, our insistence on knowing <laughs> knowing everything all the time, and how we sometimes buy into the lie that you're holding out on us and that you aren't who you say you are. Help us, help us to separate the lies from the truth and to choose to build our lives on what has been revealed. And as we do that, it helps us trust the things that you are keeping to yourself. So we thank you for your perfect parenting. And as we sing, just help us to respond uh, to to the things that have been revealed as we sing of your faithfulness and uh, just declare with confidence who you are and then who we are because, because of that.